Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hello, Montana. Pete Alonzo won the home run derby, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. won the day. Big Sky Governor's Scholar Athlete Awards announced a preview around the Big Sky, the Big Sky or the Skyline Sports MT preseason all-conference favorites, and a whole bunch of other stuff, including the NFL team of the decade. It is Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you. Thanks for being here with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy in July. Is Kurtz Polaris 30th? birthday. That's right, 30 years, and they are celebrating this month by offering up to 30% off, yes, indeed, 30% of MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Go to Kurtz Polaris all month for their 30-year anniversary sale. Online, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen to us there anytime you would like to via the stream. It is the uh, Listen Live tab. Trying to make it intuitive for you there at the uh, World Wide Web. Uh, 1029ESPN.com, the stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to call, you can do that as well. 329-1899-329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Raggage Brothers RV phone line. We're going to get into a lot of things today. I'm looking forward to this. First of all, here in about 10 minutes, right off the top of the show, so close to the top of the show, uh, we are going to have Truman Tolson, who is the president of the MPPA, that is the Montana Protective Police Association. Uh, they are having a fundraiser in benefit of the Special Olympics down at the Linda Vista Golf Course this Friday. So he's going to come in, talk to us about that here in uh, just a couple minutes. We are going to get into an epic home run derby last night. We'll talk a bit about the derby. We'll talk about a bit about the derby's place in uh, 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 you know the baseball landscape now compared to uh, years past, and if it has increased merely the profile or if it has increased in importance as well. We'll get into a little bit of NFL stuff. We got a fun NFL announcement for you today. We're excited to uh, let you know, and uh, with along with that, we'll be going through the NFL.com top 
10 teams of the decade of uh, what's the, the 2010 through 2019, I guess, or do they, is that how they do it? Or 2011 through 2020? I guess it couldn't be that because we haven't hit 2020 yet. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll go through and see uh, where we agree, where we disagree with the list that they gave to us. In the next hour, we have uh, some, some news for you from around the Big Sky Conference. Coulter's been hard added here. The Big Sky Conference Scholar Athlete of the Week, uh, Scholar Athlete of the Year Awards, both in Montana and Montana State were announced, so we will get into uh, those and also a little preview of uh, some of the kids who you know might be your uh, Big Sky Conference. Let's put it like this. Big Sky Conference preseason All-American selections. We won't go through all of them, but a lot of them that are there, some high school stuff as well. And then, of course, tonight, the All-Star Game from Cleveland, uh, Ohio. We will have that for you right here on ESPN Radio. As soon as we're done, we'll send you out there for the All-Star Game, which, to me, is the best non-conference or non, uh, uh, non-postseason baseball game of the year. I like it more than any baseball game all season long. Maybe if you're coming down to it, you know, like to, to get a, a wild card spot, to get a playoff spot at game 160, 161, 162, those are great too. But talking to me about an individual game in a game that is made up of individual players more than it is team, give me the best players that you got in the All-Star game brings that, and it's still a sport that can be played in an actual legitimate, perf- you know, professional manner where you're actually trying to win a game. Uh, at the All-Star Game. So I love the All-Star Game every year. Looking forward to this tonight. Hi, Coulter. How are you, bud? Great. Bald face. Yep. Still About working it. at it. Still working at it. No, nope, feeling good. Did some more sweat shop, sweat cycle today. Mm. We got to get you in there. Gives you a new pep in your step. My back is feeling much better. I was having some back problems. Yeah, you were. Not at all. They're all gone. Okay. My, my torn knee is feeling much better. All you got to do to fix a torn knee is just ride the cycle as hard and fast as you can. It's huh? true, though, because the motion, it helps strengthen no, it those t- ligaments. I mean, take you into the, 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 PA, the PT folks will always tell you that. You got to uh, work it out, right? I'll tell you a quick funny story. Okay. First of all, every guy out there that still holds the notion to be true that, hey, I played varsity basketball in high school. I could whip any woman, whether she's in the WNBA or Division One. You're wrong. It's it's not the case. It might have been the case. Might have. Some 15 or 20 years ago, it's not the case anymore. Women's basketball has come a long ways. But Kelly Cole, who is a former Big Sky Conference MVP uh, for the for the Lady Grizz, at Robin Selvig's second to last season. It was the last time the Lady Grizz went to the tournament. Yes. Uh, when it was here, the Big Sky tournament was here in Missoula, and then they advanced to the NCAA tournament. Kelly Cole was Big Sky MVP that year, but she's from Bozeman. And she used to work out at the gym I used to work at. And so we put, used to play pickup hoops all the time. We became friends. And she was always like, yeah, guard me. You know, make me better. She's about 5'10". So, I, you know, I'm 6'1". So it was a good, you know, matchup. I could use some strength. She's a good ball handler. She can pull up jumper, whatever. So we're playing. I'm Gardner, going all out. And she crosses me up on the baseline. And hits a little step back in my face. But I plant my knee wrong. And I tear the sucker. PCL, MCL, partial tears, meniscus, little fray, whatever. At this moment in my life, I'm trying to get Skyline Sports rolling. I'm working part-time at the Ridge Athletic Club, so I don't have any health insurance. And I'm about to get, you know, get on the health care, whatever. But that moment, I didn't have anything. So I was like, okay, I can't go to the doc. But it's just a small lesson that y- you can't just play bully ball. These Stand girls will. There and you're going to get shook these girls, These girls will hurt you. I was watching the WNBA that night. I mean. Women's athletics has come a long ways, as primary evidence by the Women's World Cup this last weekend and, and Coco Goff and all the tremendous tennis that's been played at Wimbledon. and I mean, Every sport across the board has improved exponentially, and that's what yes, you'd yeah. expect after you know Title IX being enacted some 40, 45 years ago. It's reached a real humming point where now it's completely legitimate across the board pretty much any sport. But uh, basketball has improved more than any other thing. And I think that the reason is that people used to try to compare men's and women's basketball, and they would say, well, girls just don't play above the rim. Well, that's right. And the women's game accepted that about 10 years ago, and now they don't. They just play straight skill. And you watch in the Big Sky Conference, you got girls like Savannah Smith who are five foot five, girls like Taylor Pierce who are five foot four. There's no such thing as the rim. It doesn't matter. They're shooting 15 threes a game, and they are raining. And mm-hmm. they run so many pick and pops and so many crazy actions that it's a completely different game. Than it was, and it's a completely different game than the men's game, too. So, regardless, what I'm saying is, 
Good go job. To sweat cycle. Go to Sweat Cycle. <laughs> if you tear your knee playing against the former Big Sky MVP, you can go get your knee right with a little Sweat Cycle. Okay. So Very shout good. out to the girls down there that are getting it, getting me right. Very good. I'm glad you were in there, Coulter. I uh, yeah, I did not do that today. Uh, I did uh, uh, take a look at the camper. The uh, camper is about uh, three and a half, four weeks into its flipping process. Tina and I trying to flip a camper. And by Tina and I, I mean Tina. I am just, you know, there holding the kids at bay, trying to keep them under the fray. So we went and looked at you little. How are we going to patch the leak? How are we going to do this and that? So it's been a very big day for me. Very exciting stuff going on for me today. Uh, Coulter. Truman is here, so why don't you run out there and go grab him. We'll bring him in here and, and talk to him here real quick. He'll be Sounds we, good. We, we usually try and pull this stuff off in uh, in mid-segment, but uh, or excuse me, in between segments, but because uh, we got a guy coming in right here right now, we'll go get him. And we've always we've had uh, folks, representatives of the sheriff's office, the police department, the fire department as well uh, over the course of the years on this show. I always uh, enjoy having these folks in and talking to them because they're uh, you know, just unequivocally doing some good stuff and, and and even extra professional things without, you know, beyond uh, the bounds of what they do every day uh, uh, to uh, to help us take care, you know, keep us safe and all of that kind of stuff. And then uh, they're giving back as well. So we'll look forward to uh, talking to him. If you didn't see the home run derby last night, completely phenomenal. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'll tell you what, Vlad Guerrero is, I don't know if I can, Stay for sure that he was my favorite player of all time, but he, I, I, I can't think of another player just off the top of my head that I loved more than Vladimir Guerrero Sr. And his son, Vlad Guerrero Jr., put on an absolute show. He's only been in the bigs like two months. He got called up. He has hit eight home runs. Will he hit 29 in the first uh, 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 session in his first opportunity? 29 again in the second session last night and absolutely went bombs away. And if nothing else, it was an absolute show for the people. Uh, and so uh, if you, you know, go watch the highlights between now and about 20 minutes from now, because we're going to get ourselves uh, into uh, the home run derby and where that stands as well. Now, though, however, to tell the one is one two nine ESPN radio and SWX Montana television and YouTube. We are happy to welcome in from the Montana protective police association, the president of the MPPA, Truman Tolson. Truman, how are you? Thanks so much for being here. Great. I, I am a past president. I'm not the current okay, president. Well, but, but anyway, thanks thanks for having president me here, guys. Emeritus of the <laughs> yes. MPPA uh, and spokesperson. So that's pretty good. I mean, all that matters is how do you get on the show, right? Yeah. You know, isn't that right, Truman? That is definitely. Okay, very good. Hey, Truman, let's talk about this. I want to get into uh, uh, the, the, the golf tournament that you're having down at Larchmont on Friday and, and all the things associated with it. But first, what is the MPPA? I mean, it's not the police force as such. So what is it and what what, what are you guys up to? The uh, MPPA stands for the Montana Police Protective Association, and we are a, uh, an association that covers the majority of the major, well, all the major cities and a few of the minor cities out here in Montana. And uh, I'm representing them on behalf of the MPPA uh, Foundation in this uh, first annual law enforcement torch run uh, golf tournament. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbow's End. I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely this the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of montana it's pretty likely you already know blackfoot as a local partner for internet voice professional services anything you need to fuel your growing business but like you said they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across montana and right now they're expanding expanding their fiber network into bozeman san ignatius and other regions find out more about what blackfoot does give them a call 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. And so talk to us about, what we'll get to the golf tournament, Torch Run. Where are we at with this? What's this about? Yeah, this is a great thing. Uh, I am the assistant director for the Law Enforcement Torch Run for Western Montana. 
and the the board decided to try to give this a go. Uh, this is the first annual golf tournament, and it's going to be at Fairmont Hot Springs uh, this coming Friday, July 12th. And we're hoping to get a great turnout. Uh, we've got some prizes for people to win. Uh, it's a four-person scramble. Registration starts at 11 and shotgun at 1. Okay. Tell us about what you're raising money for. It is uh, for Special Olympics Montana. The Law Enforcement Torch Run is the fundraising and uh, public awareness uh, portion of Special Olympics Montana. And we're hoping to raise funds and that to assist the... Uh, thousands of athletes uh, across the state of Montana and participate in year-round activities. Now, I mean, the Special Olympics is something that's, you know, near and dear to Coulter and I. Obviously, we talk about sports, but we know that there's, you know, the, the, the Special Olympics across the board nationally uh, in the state of Montana is does just phenomenal things around. But how did you, how did the MPPA specifically get linked into the Special Olympics? Because it seems like, well, he could have picked any number of things to maybe, you know, raise funds for. Why the Special Olympics? Well, the MPPA has been the premier law enforcement sponsor for Special Olympics Montana uh, Law Enforcement Torch Run uh, for over 20, 25 years. And uh, it, I think it really goes back to our, uh, our previous executive director, Jerry Williams, who was a, uh, a retired Butte Silver Bowl sergeant. And Jerry was one of the directors of the Law Enforcement Torch Run uh, a number of years ago. And... It is just a great fit for us um, throughout the state. We do a lot of different fundraisers from polar plunges to tip of cops to, uh, you know, you name it, We can, and we'll do it for Special Olympics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, it's a great cause, but I'm interested a little bit about just police work in the state of Montana. What do you think is unique about police work in a, in a state that is so rural like Montana? It is in that, um, you know... Being a police officer in the state of Montana, it has its, uh, you know, pluses and minuses. The, the plus in that is that you're in Montana. Yeah, right. No doubt. Right. The minus is sometimes you got to work when you want to go fishing or hunting. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that right before the show started. You were, we were just. I should have been a, a fishing game warden. That should have been the path that I could be on the river yeah. all the time. Yeah, we have some friends in that uh, that are game wardens, yeah. and uh, we actually have a, uh, a game warden on the uh, Law Enforcement Torch Run Executive uh, Committee. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things in that that we like to uh, to get out and do things in that for the athletes, and uh, it, it's just a perfect fit. It really, truly is. Truman Tolson in studio with us. He is the former president of the Montana Protective Police Association, the MPPA. I'm still active and involved with that. And uh, this week, you talked about the the torch run that they're doing there at Fairmont, but there's also a uh, golf uh, uh, a scramble and fundraiser uh, at Linda Vista this Friday here in Missoula. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so, talk to us about this a, a four person scramble with. All of the fixings that you might have at a nice uh, scramble event. I would love to tell you, Nat, uh, that I have a lot of the details on that, but I don't have those with me. Um, I know that, you know, the one for the torch run is specifically at Fairmont Hot Springs. Yep, yep. And I think the one, what I got here in front of me, you can tell me if, if, I'm, if it sounds like I'm getting this right, but it's four-person scramble and there's an entry fee, entry fee uh, for, uh, for either by player or by group. And if you are a senior citizen or an active retired uh, military member your fee is actually a little bit cheaper you can go down there and check uh, all of that stuff out i think on uh, on friday as well and again all proceeds for the special Olympics. so you maybe can't get all the way out to uh, fairmont hot springs you can stay uh, a little more local and do it that way but that's uh that's those you know working in tandem uh together pretty cool online right mppaonline.org what can the folks find on the website there when they go uh, you can find a listing of the member cities Okay. Uh, the board of directors for MPPA. Um, there's training information there at uh, events that are coming up, um, that sort of thing. And what's the best part of all this for you, Truman, to be a part of the MPPA? Yeah, for me, and that has always been the, in conjunction with the law enforcement torch run is helping the athletes out here yeah. in, in Montana. 
Yeah, no doubt. Well, Truman, we, we appreciate you coming down here. Thanks so much for taking the time, telling us about the torch run, about the golf tournaments that are going on, and the MPPA in general. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. You Thank got you it. Truman Tulsa, boys and girls. Quick break. We'll be back uh, with the home run derby and its place in the landscape of baseball today. Next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Vlad Guerrero, Pete Alonzo. Tell me baseball's going the way of the Buffalo. Tatanka? Out of your mind, it's two tell new one. It's one of two nine ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at twenty nine hundred four West Broadway in Missoula, Highway eighty three in Sealy. Online at kurtzpolaris.com. It has been thirty years that Kurtz Polaris has been in business. That's right, thirty years this month. So they're celebrating by offering thirty percent off. That's right, up to thirty percent off MSRP. All month long on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna or Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris all July for Kurtz 30th anniversary sale. Uh, on Twitter, at Gus Tutel, yours truly, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT, covering everything all the time right over there. Uh, Coulter, the... Uh, Home Run Derby last night was uh, spectacular. Uh, I have very much uh, approve of and enjoyed the new format. Usually when a new format comes along, it's met with, uh, you know, disdain. People give me the old way. They don't like the new stuff. And then usually, you know, often it'll grow on them or maybe people just hate it. From the first time this happened, maybe five years ago, something like that, when they started using the clock instead of the outs and when they started we're giving you an extra 30 seconds if you hit something over, I think it's 440. If you get over a 440 uh, uh, home run in terms of length, you get an extra 30 seconds. You get a pause to catch your breath and all that. Of course, it's a nice little moment for Gatorade to get an on-screen sponsorship as they have a kid run out a giant Gatorade towel and a Gatorade to the guy immediately. I mean, I don't know what they're spending for that 30-second commercial within the content of what they're up to, but they've nailed it. Well done by them. I want to know, during the NBA playoffs, the NBA playoffs was on ESPN and ABC, and a little bit on TNT too, but the finals was on ESPN and ABC. And there was an on-screen graphic for the entire duration of the NBA playoffs, no matter what channel it was on, for YouTube television. Hmm. What does YouTube pay to undercut the cable company and say, buy our streaming service. You're watching us on cable. Cut your cable. Or, or I guess, you're watching us on your other streaming service, so choose us. But either way, it just seems like you'd have to pay so much money to get your competition well, to put you on the screen. Why is it? But, but the competition isn't putting you on the screen. Well, I guess that's true because ESPN has always been a subscription yeah. channel. People just don't understand that. That's right. The dual so, uh, revenue model. No, no different than... Chevy coming in and saying, you know, whatever, putting their name or logo on the screen the whole time. Although, you're right because Chevy isn't the uh, the method in which you use to watch the basketball game. So there is that additional tie to it. We digress. Vladimir Guerrero, yam, 29 times in the first round. 
29 times in the second round. The most ever was Josh Hamilton, 28. And Vlad, in his first ever appearance at 20 years old, been in the bigs two seconds, goes 29 in back-to-back rounds and is absolutely thumping the pill all, well, not really all over the yard, straight to left field. Just hammering it. Let me tell you something, Colt. I said this way you were out uh, 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 getting Truman. Vladimir Guerrero Sr. is is right there for me as my favorite player of all time. Love Vlad Sr. And the fact that we got a kid in here who's doing... Now, I will say, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, they, they fed that kid well coming up. I mean, he is a stout, stout man. He was He's a much bigger guy than his dad was. Uh, but the swing is still just everything you could ever ask for at the plate. And he gets up there. It's very much like his old man. He, he hits with his wrists. It looks exactly like it. It's a little more. It's actually a little bit more explosive. It is a little less fluid. But how could you be more fluid than Vlad Sr.? Anyway, uh, spectacular to watch him last night and exciting and all of those things. Then he goes into a uh, uh, a hit off, a swing off with Jock Pedersen, who, by the way, I would pay to watch him hit a baseball any day of the week, too. Thank you very much. I mean, to watch that. Pedersen gets up there with this kind of baby face and young kid. And we know, you know, we've seen him enough now. And then just, I mean, in boxing, there's some guys who just have bricks in their gloves. You know what I mean? Like when they hit, it just is harder. They're able to, whether it's power, whether it's just, it's just heavier. Jack Peterson hitting a a baseball is heavier than anybody else the way he does it. And it is fun to watch. And then they get into the finals and Pete Alonso. What? Where did this guy come from? 24 years old, 30 home runs, dude, 30 bombs already in his rookie year. And we are at the all-star break. He's got 30 on the books. I mean, it's just amazing. Now, Remember what, it wasn't Aaron Judge, I think he had like 32 or 34 even going into the All-Star break and then really mm-hmm. slowed his pace in the second half and pitchers started catching up to him a little bit and all that kind of stuff. But Alonzo, phenomenal, and Alonzo with like 20 seconds left, walks it off, wins 23-22 and is actually the home run derby. Who won the home run derby though last night, Guerrero or Pete Alonzo? See that I like the new format. I agree, except yeah. for when it gets to the finals, because I feel like if you if you put on a show, I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit more home runs in a single round than anybody ever has, twice. Right, and, and then he went like ninety six, ninety one total home runs. I mean, the all time round record is twenty eight, and he went twenty nine twice, including then having another eight or nine home runs in the hit off the. The where at the sudden death where you get yeah. three swings, him and and Jock Peterson each hit a home run on three swings twice and had to go to a third sudden death. So the amount of swings that he took, hundreds, and that's yeah. exhausting. And so then to get twenty two in the finals and lose credit to Pete Alonso for for pulling it out. But I feel like I love the format except in the finals. I wish they could give maybe like a total home runs weighted advantage or something like that, like a points. Yeah, like yeah. If, you, if you've hit, do the math, call it 65 or 70 home runs before the finals like Vlad Guerrero Jr. did, you get seven points. And Pete Alonso, he's hit 50 home runs, so he gets five points. Mm-hmm. And then each home run's worth a point. So you have like a, maybe not a huge advantage, but you get a little bit of an advantage for putting on the show that you did. Yeah, yeah. Because because what is the number one thing everybody remembers from the home run derby? It's not who wins the finals. It's who hits the most home runs in a round. And the fact that he right. broke the single round record twice. I mean, it's like the announcer said last night. Josh Hamilton is a story that was such a, such a, a crazy shooting star story that then kind of just fell flat. You know, Josh Hamilton was this prodigy who fell flat on his face and was smoking crack and then made this tremendous comeback, and for a brief moment in time was was the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. And that came to an absolute head when he hit those 28 home runs. And it's like the announcer said last night, never thought that was going to be broken. And the fact that he broke it in the same derby in two different rounds. And his first derby. I just feel like that guy deserves to walk off with the trophy. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. However, 
I mean, you can't short Pete Alonso either because it's not as if it's not as if Vlad ran out of gas and hit six in the finals. He hit twenty two, and Pete Alonso got up there and hit twenty three, and he also, as far as it goes, has thirty actual home runs playing in a baseball season. This is first. I mean, it, it was it was a, a blast to watch last night, no doubt. 2 tell one is 1029 ESPN. 329-1899, if you'd like to call, talk to us about the Derby, you're certainly welcome to. Area code 406. That's the whole state, if you're keeping track. 329-1899. What I want to know, though, Coulter, then, is this. The, the home run derby certainly gets as much attention as it's ever gotten. It is platformed better than it's ever been platformed in terms of having its own night and a full three-hour telecast, radio broadcast uh, 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 dedicated to it. And it, that that in and of itself has happened for quite a while, but it seems to be occupying a larger and larger... I don't want to use the word importance because that's part of the question I want to uh, ask, but it's certainly occupying a larger domain of the psyche of of certainly All-Star Weekend, and I think the 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 significance of, you know, winning it, what the trophy means to the guys. I mean, they were into it last night, right? I mean, these guys are, you know, they're not talking to each other. They're running off. They're yelling. They're bat-flipping. They're doing the whole thing to, you know, to kind of get up to do it. So I guess my question is, is the home run derby in fact more important now than it's ever been or is it just is it merely done better does it hold a greater uh, uh, amount of 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 space in uh, uh, the web television radio etc that now we just kind of are locked into it more well for a while and you mentioned Aaron judge hitting 30-plus home runs before the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and, then he went, and then he went out and put on a show in the All-Star, in the home run derby. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't, I think he hit three home runs in the month of July after that. Mm-hmm. And that was the next in a long line of sluggers that ruined their swing. It's just like when you talk about a, playing in a golf scramble. When you got it all locked in and you're just trying to hit the fairway, you're going to be a lot better than when you go out there and you're the fourth guy on your team and... You know, our boy Riley Corcoran hits it right down the middle, and then you're swinging out your back of your shoes. It messes up your swing. It's just like the repetitive nature of hitting 85 mile per hour fastballs, even if it's just for one day, mm-hmm. that can get you out of a rhythm. And I think that back when the home run derby first hit its its plateau in the early 90s, when guys like King Griffey Jr. were doing it with the backwards hat, Barry Bonds is doing it with his dangling earring. Those guys were sort of impervious to it, but it also wasn't such a rapid fire, strenuous deal. Like it was, it was kind of less specific because it, well, it was because it, there were outs, so you there didn't was outs. need to go right. at any speed, whatever. So you, right. you just wait for the one you wanted and hammer it. So you're not swinging as hard as you can for multiple minute stretches yeah. all the time. Yeah, you know, and there was. I, I remember when Mark McGuire was at his peak. He brought his own. I think he brought his high school coach to throw BP, and that was yeah. kind of the first where you brought your own BP guy. I mean, it was kind of just like BP guys would just throw BP. They don't. Not everybody brought their own dude. So is it more important now? So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it's just way different because most of the best power hitters in baseball right now are also the young guys. So it's intriguing for them to participate in this event because it's so good for their brand. How good? I mean, how much more of a star did Jock Peterson become last night? Did did. Um, did Pete Alonso become last night? Vladimir Guerrero already has the name recognition, but he got to be on the national stage. Exposure. Right, yeah, he got right. to be on the national stage for the first time. So that's good for you, even if it screws up your swing for a couple weeks. Whereas when you're Albert Pujols, like Pujols did not want to do the home run derby when he was at his peak in St. Louis because he'd done it when he was younger, and it's just not conducive if you're trying to hit 300. Some of these guys aren't. They're just trying to hit bombs. But I think when you have the, the continuity between the young guys also being the premier power hitters and the intrigue of participating in this thing. It's just the same thing as why is the why does LeBron James and Russell Westbrook not just do the slam dunk contest? Because, first of all, there's no dunks left to do. And second of all, if you're LeBron, there's you have nothing to win because you're either going to win or you're not going to win. And everybody's going to be like, well, why didn't LeBron win? Mm-hmm. And it's not quite the same with a 
skill like hitting a home run, but I do think that now it's become more fun because more of the better power hitters in the league are doing it because more of the better power hitters in the league are young. I think, uh, I think you're right about that. I think there's a lot of power hitters that are not doing it, but the young guys do, and that's good. I'm fine with that. I really don't care who the eight guys are up there. Um, in the NBA, well, you could say on the dunk contest, well, why isn't LeBron or Russell Westbrook doing it? In the in the home run derby, other than maybe like a Mike Trout, you would sit there and go, well, why? You don't really know who, you know, what? where's Aaron Judge? Okay, maybe he's injured. I know Christian Yelich was on the tab. He pulled out kind of late uh, of the deal. But by and large, I mean, you can look up who's got the most home runs, but you're not going to sit here and argue, well, this guy from the Oakland Athletics who's up here. Sure, let's see. Let's go to work, big fella. Let's see what happens. Here's the thing I think, though. Judge didn't do it last night, right? No. That's a great example of a guy that did it, got his shine, but then also screwed up his swing and didn't do it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, he's been injured, too, uh, up until about a week and a half ago, so that may have played into it. I, I, I don't know all the reasons, but I think it's more important than it's ever been insofar as the guys, in fact, care if they win. And not that they haven't care, they care if they win more. I mean, I think they you always care if you win or are happy to win or whatever. But it's it's a bigger deal. It's a bigger uh, point of emphasis. It will carry you you further. Your star shines brighter and has more momentum if you end up winning the home run derby than it ever has. And so it's more important in that respect. Obviously, it's not important in any sort of meaningful way per se, other than like a talking point. That, however, though, uh, I do think. That like the three point contest, mm-hmm. I think the three point contest. Me personally, I think it's better and more interesting than the dunk contest. Now it's the best of the all star competitions in any sport. Maybe it's. I mean, I, I like it better than the home run derby okay. too because because the best guys do it, and there's no real fear of screwing yourself up of because up. Yep. you just you, you just grab the ball and you shoot it. And if you it. can grab the ball and you can shoot it, I mean. You're Larry Legend. You can just grab it and shoot it. You don't even have to jump off the ground. You're ready to roll every year. So I think that I think that there, but the other reason though that the three point contest, and I don't know if it has overtaken the dunk contest in terms of, you know, shine. If it's cooler to win that than it's dunk contest, I like it more. You like it more. Point being is this: it also is representative of the sport. What has happened in basketball? It's moved from getting up and above the rim and doing all that stuff, though, of course, that will always be part of the game, to can you hit from everywhere all the time? And that is the test of that. What is baseball now? Home runs and strikeouts, right? More home runs in the first half than in any first half in the history of Major League Baseball or whatever it is, and and more strikeouts as well. Well, what is the home run contest doing now why are guys hitting more because that's the way the game has gone that's the way they're teaching the swing that's what everybody's into and the whole you know that whole thing what is it the 90s chicks dig the long ball wasn't that the big you know promotion that baseball did when it was you know sosa and mcguire and who, who you know i don't know if canseco got in on that whole thing whatever it is that was true then but that's not the way the game was played and what you see now is that that is the way baseball is played now and so Guys who can hit these monster home runs deep and far and over and over again are representative of the game in a way that they weren't before. So I don't think it's more important per se. It would be to the individual. The home run derby is not more important, but it's more indicative, and I find that interesting. There's a great article in Sports Illustrated a couple, that's probably about a month, six weeks ago. It was kind of a one-third of the season update. Mm. And it was talking about a lot of the statistical anomalies that are occurring right now in baseball. And if anybody watched Rob Manfred's statement the other day, he's been accused of juicing the balls, and the balls are, have been flying out of the park at an absolute record rate. I think that the, the total Major League Baseball number for home runs is on pace to be broken by almost 600 home runs cumulatively between all the teams, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous in itself. But one of the parts in this uh, article was just about the analytics, the shifts, and all the things that have gone into the uber-specialization of the game, but also the prevalence and necessity of hitting fly balls. Forever, especially before, I mean, almost everybody in the league now has a relatively new stadium. Back in the day, you might be playing at 
you know, the old giant stadium in New York or Candlestick Park or places that have like seriously 450 foot center field fences, you know, like that's why Willie Mays is such an amazing player. When you watch those old highlights, this guy is running for over a hundred feet to catch some of these balls mm-hmm. because the, the outfields are just so cavernous. Had to, yeah. And now you have all these little bandbox stadiums where, you know, I mean, it's become so specific that you have a stadium that has a 340 foot power rally down the left field line. You're trying to sign a guy specifically who can hit the ball over the fence in that spot. That's how specific it's come. But also, everybody in the league has a scout on everybody, and so you know exactly where Ryan Tutel is going to hit the ball and where he's not, and so you can shift all the time. So hitting the ball low and hard, like every coach in the history of baseball would have taught you for more than 100 years, is no longer conducive to success. And so this article was talking about how the traditional power hitters were always the hulking guys, right? And, I mean, make no mistake, Josh Bell's 6'4", 225. I mean, he's big dude. Pete Alonso, he's 6'2", 230. I mean, yeah, six, big, yeah. big dude. Mike Trout is obviously, you know, I mean, he's a, he's an Adonis. He is a huge man. But you know, you also have guys like Chris Yelich, who doesn't even weigh 200 pounds. Cody Bellinger, who probably doesn't even weigh 180 pounds. Yeah. But these guys have figured out. Uh, Cody Bellinger is a great example, right? Cody Bellinger, I think, hit like two home runs in high school. And then his first year in the minors, he hit like four. And then he figured out how to hit the ball in the air with control. And all of a sudden, the ball started flying out of the park. And now the guy has 30 home runs at the All-Star break, even though he's not built like a power hitter. And so much of that is is convincing yourself that it's a good idea to hit the ball in the air and daring people to chase it down and or having it go over the fence. Right. I think it's having a huge impact on the game. But I also think it's, it's entertaining because now it's not just the Mark McGuire's of the world that are putting up these crazy home run numbers. It's just guys that look like normal baseball players instead of Paul Bunyan. Yeah. It is Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. On the other side, an announcement that you're going to want to hear and a assessment of the top 10 teams from the last decade in the NFL. Just let you in on a little secret. If you're a Seahawks fan, you're going to want to hear this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to, and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Who's the best team of the decade? NFL.com thinks they know. When you go to the Hall of Fame, do you get a bust to take home with you? I'm looking at Kurt Warner. He's got the Hall of Fame, like this trophy, like this angel trophy thing, and then also a the, like his own bust behind him. Did they make two of them? Mm, maybe he just made himself a replica. That See, that doesn't even sound like Kurt Warner to me. Making a replica of his own Hall of Fame thing to put on his mantle? Maybe Kurt Warner's just had you tricked this whole time. It could have. I mean, I don't know. I'm a cynic. I think anybody that seems like they're squeaky clean and nice is either lying or completely self-congratulatory. What do you think about me? Uh, I think you're authentic. That's why you're my idol. <laughs> An authentic jerk. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Kurtz Blair Studios. July is Kurtz Blair's 30th birthday. That's now, uh, boys and girls. 30 years they've been in business, and they're celebrating by offering up to 30% off, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle. Husqvarna and Beta dirt bikes as well, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz 30-year anniversary sale. Um, 
let's start with the announcement. What people know. I'm happy about this. I think you should be happy about this. Uh, we have uh, been working on this for a little while, kind of behind the scenes. And uh, we got to make sure we got all our technical P's and Q's, but Tommy assures me that we're going to be just fine. Uh, the uh, ESPN radio in Western Montana, 102.9 ESPN radio, is going to be the brand-new affiliate of the Seattle Seahawks Football Club this forthcoming season. So we're excited about that, excited to welcome the Seahawks on board onto this radio station. Uh, Steve Rabel and Warren Moon have been doing the call together for years and years and uh, are uh, one of the, I think, most well-respected and certainly within the market uh, that is Seattle, Western Washington. I mean, Steve Rabel walks on water. He's obviously a former player. He's a newscaster. You know, he does the evening news, not the sports, Coulter. He's a newscaster in Seattle. And then, of course, does the uh, does the, 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 the football games for the Seahawks. But we are excited to have them on uh, every week. Uh, we'll be doing it, you know, Thursdays, Mondays, Sundays, uh, all the way through. So looking forward to having them on. And so I know that uh, the Seahawks have a large following in western Montana, uh, reasonably so. I think they're a team to me that coming into the season has um, – a lot of I, I they have a lot of potential on that team and a lot of question marks. They're they're one of the teams that I feel like I I have the worst feel for because of all the turnover that they've had. I think it's just because you're biased because you're a fan of theirs. They're not going to be good. Coulter, let's go back a year. What was their record last season? Ten and six. Okay. What's their record been every year? Russell Wilson's been their starting quarterback except one. I mean, 10 wins in playoffs, 10, 11 10 wins win, in playoffs. 10 wins, yeah. Right. So we do know, so they're a 10-win team, which is not bad. Right, but they have the least overall talent that they've ever had, combined with the fact that their division is way better. You are, uh, you're wrong about the Seattle Seahawks this season. Uh, I, I shouldn't say they're going to be bad. They're not. You're right. They're not going to be bad. They're going to be right down the middle. They're going to be a eight or nine win team, and they're not going to make the playoffs. They, I think they will make the playoffs. I think they're a better team than what you think they're going to be, and I think that Pete Carroll as are they going to win the division? Coach, no. The Rams will probably win. Okay, so then who are they better than out of the three powers in the NFC North? None of those three teams. Well, certainly they're better than the Lions. No, but the other three, they're not better than the Bears, the Packers, or the Vikings. Well, the, you, to, to suggest the Vikings are a power is ludicrous. <laughs> the Vikings won 14 games two ludicrous. years ago. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Uh, first of all, I do think the NFC North has a real chance at cannibalization. We, we, we certainly have seen two wildcard teams come out of the same division before. Uh, but it's rare that that happens because you got to play each other every day. Uh, or, you know... Uh, Slight exaggeration. Okay, but twice during the season, double everybody else that you are going to play. And so I think that there's potential there. I think wins, I, I think you can certainly expect the Seahawks to be better than Arizona and San Francisco. And there's an argument to be made that won't be the case, and I understand that. I mean, it's not so clear-cut uh, as as it might be. But here's the thing. That we And we've talked about this before. How good Seattle was before Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and, of course, Russell Wilson came onto the scene, you're like, okay, well, well, what is this team? Who are these guys? And all of a sudden they came out and started balling. Well, guess what? You're like, well, that was a great draft. They Somebody else should have drafted Richard Sherman, which sure, certainly they should have. Somebody else should have drafted Cam Chancellor. Okay, that's fine. But they developed also, them too. Yes, they did. And you know what happened last year? Their defense with a bunch of people that no one knew who they were, by and large, other than Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas, remember, out, what, week four? Something like that very early in the season was a top-ten defense in the league with no one that you can name outside of Shaq Griffin and Bobby Wagner. I mean, that's it. And so Frank Clark's gone. Doesn't matter. They draft another defensive end. And, all by the way, the guys that they've gotten in there, by and large, they don't have turnover now compared to what they've had. I think they're going to be a much better defensive team than what you think. And, I mean... The biggest wild card in the draft they probably took, D.K. Metcalf. If he's what he looks like he should have been in college, he's going to be the rookie of the year and take the league by absolute storm. If he is what he was in college, he's not going to play. So that's a very – I don't know how to assess him. They take him in the second round. But this is, that's, that is the ideal Seahawks pick. 
to take the guy with all the potential in the world who has the story, who's got the back, and go, come here, bud. Let's light you on fire and let you loose. You know what I mean? And if, if that can happen, I think they're going to be in business. I think they're going to have a very good year. Very good year. I think they're going to have a good year. A good year. Because I think they're a solid club. For the Seahawks to make the playoffs, they got to be better than four teams. Three teams. they got to be better than three teams. Not four teams. I'll, put, I'll throw the 49ers in there, although I think they're the most outside-looking-in NFC team. The Seahawks got to be better than the Packers or the Panthers or the Falcons and maybe the 49ers. But I think that... Or the Vikings or the Bears. I just think the Vikings and the Bears are better. I think the Vikings, Bears, Cowboys, and Rams are all definitively better than the Seahawks. The Minnesota and I think Vikings when healthy, the Panthers... 7-1 last year, and they still have a quarterback who you hate. So what They have a quarterback that I hate, but they also had so much dysfunction from injuries to Everson Griffin, who there's, who's their linchpin defensively, losing his mind to... I mean, they still have elite talent across the board defensively. They have a very good defense. Outstanding defense. They do. And they address their issues on the offensive line. And, you know, you're, you don't have to tell me about Kirk Cousins. I hate him. <laughs> I still like him more than you like him. He's a, like, if you're the guy that goes on the record with the media saying, I'm a mediocre quarterback, I'm an 8-8 eight and eight quarterback, I got to be better, you suck. <laughs> Okay, then. Well, so don't sit here and tell me that the Vikings are obviously well, the, better than the Seahawks. They are. An elite quarterback. I still think the Vikings are better. You can think that. But, I mean, to not include them in the group is silly. silly. The Bears also, I think, have the chan- the biggest chance of anybody in the NFC. The Bears and the Cowboys have the two biggest chances of the NFC to be to be worse than they were a year ago. Well, sure. I mean, the, the Bears could easily be worse because they were 12-4 and four and were great. And they, and, and they defied expectations. Expectation. Yes, I, I must say, I, am, I was utterly crestfallen at the play of Mitchell Trubisky last year, which was <laughs> so much better. Than Remember when I we watched the first be. preseason game? It was like this week two, but it was his first preseason game. We watched him against the Cowboys, and he completed like 18 straight passes, yes. and we were both like, huh? Well, what's, what's going on with this? <laughs> with North Carolina Wolfpack or North Carolina? Tar Heel. Tar Heel. Bad. Bad news. All right, timeout. So now we got to get back on topic here. Okay. I did not look at this top 10 teams of the decade before the show started. NBC, uh, NFL.com, top 10 teams of the decade. I don't get it. Here it is. I mean, I get it kind of, but like, how you about to, I mean, I get the Jacksonville Jaguars were a memorable squad or whatever, but how are you saying the Jaguars in 2017 were the 10th best team of the decade? Didn't they get a bye and win one playoff game and that's it? They were 10-6 and then they won one playoff game? Yeah. They're the 10th best team in the decade? I think a lot of people will forget that that team was 10-6. and six. I did. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that that team that was a whisper from beating the Patriots. Well, remember they were 10-3? and three? Or no, they were like 9-3 and three, and then they kind of stumbled down the stretch. Well, uh, anyway, that was a great defense to watch. Really fun. And uh, they made the list. The last year's Kansas City Chiefs, just because of all the scoring that they had, in fact, the number two scoring team of the decade uh, last year, they got at nine. The 2011 Green Bay Packers, who went 15-1 and one, and then lost in the divisional round because they had the hello 32nd ranked defense in football. It's just appalling. And they're in the top 10 teams of the decade. I mean, on this list, you got the Carolina I mean, Panthers fifteen and one. Sure, you got the Carolina Panthers at two, and the Denver Broncos at five. Uh, two thousand thirteen Denver Broncos at five. Two thousand fifteen Arizona Cardinals at six. Two thousand twelve San Francisco Forty Nineers at seven. Two thousand eleven Green Bay Packers at eight. Last year's Kansas City Chiefs and two thousand seventeen Jacksonville Jaguars. Every single team I just named, I only didn't name three of the teams listed. Every team I just named did not win the Super Bowl. Well, how you gonna have? How many Super Bowls have been this decade? Ten. How you not have? Well, how you only have three champs on here? Well, only having three is a very reasonable question, but also, I mean, what what, what kind of list is a list that just lists the the the, the Super Bowl winners? I mean, like the 2015 Carolina Panthers. I don't think they deserve to be two. I can see how they could be in the top ten because they they're the closest team to running the table in the regular season since the Patriots. Fifteen to one. They they were fifteen and one. They started fourteen and zero. And went to the Super Bowl. And they went to the Super Bowl. Okay, I, Cam Newton was the MVP. I, I, I'll buy them being a top 10 team of the decade. But, I, you know, I, I just, and I get like that Packers team that's ranked is because they were just, 
so unbelievably electric on offense and so unbelievably bad on defense. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was just, he was slanging out of his mind. I mean, what did he throw, 48 touchdowns and five picks that year? Something. I mean, that's a little bit of a yeah, extrapolation, no, no. but I mean, it was 45 plus and less than 10 for sure. No question. I think it was the, I think it was the number one quarterback rating in the history of the NFL. Uh, so I get how that could be sneaking the top 10 too, but some of these, I mean, again, the Jags got a bye as a division winner and won one playoff game. And I get that they almost beat the Patriots and they had, you know, an absurd amount of sacks. But I still, it's like, if Blake Burrell is your quarterback, you're now on 10 best teams in the, of the decade. Um, you, you, that argument has swayed me. You've gotten me. The number one team, the 2013 Seattle Seahawks, who had the best defense uh, of, the, uh, of the season. The first in points allowed, first in overall defense, second in point differential, eighth in scoring, and the absolute hammer to the Denver Broncos nail in the Super Bowl, 48 to 6, or 46 to 8, what was it? 43 to 8, excuse me, the final uh, of that Super Bowl, uh, which was a culmination uh, for, for Seattle. It really was there in MetLife Stadium in New York. You remember that when it, they, they, the first, like, potentially cold, bad weather Super Bowl and how long. And it was the perfect day and like 48 degrees at kickoff. And then the next morning, five inches of snow sitting there in New York. And it was just like, yep, they've the, the NFL runs the weather. That's what they're up to. Uh, so anyhow, Seattle, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. That was, a, that was a heck of a football team. I don't think that they're going to go 13-3 and three this year. I'm with you on that. I think they got a very reasonable shot at winning the division. And who knows? I mean, there is no question that the Rams are the best team in the NFC West. Okay? But they have moved quite a few pieces around. And I'm I am I am still very much a I'm not a hater. I am a doubter of Jared Goff. I think Goff is a good football player. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's in a spectacular situation with an excellent coach who's helping him along. And look, you can't begrudge him for that. And if he's going to play really well, then then so be it. But they need that defense to absolutely ball out. And you sit here and you have all the question marks of what's going on with Todd Gurley and the knee down the stretch. So all I'm saying is, again, the Rams are the best team in the NFC West. I expect them. I'm picking them to win the division. But if you're going to sit here and go, you know, sign, sealed, delivered, market right now, it's over. No, I'm not, I'm not ready to go there with them. And I'm not saying then by default that, that Seattle is there, even though I do have Seattle as the next team. I mean, who knows what Kyler Murray all of a sudden can pull out of his hat and be the next, you know, Patrick Mahomes in terms of productivity, productivity. And it just swings the whole pendulum for the entire organization. And, and obviously with the return of, of, What's his name? Zach Galifianakis? <laughs> Garoppolo uh, to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they, you know, that, that was obviously a huge hit to them and their potential success. But they've gotten some young studs picking high in the draft, too. So uh, I'm just not ready to set it up that way, even though the Rams are the front runner. Oh, I mean, yeah, you just summed up the NFL in a nutshell. Well, okay, Let, let's name the teams in the, in the NFC that can't make the playoffs. Okay. Let's do it. I Let think, me get the list. I think the Giants, the Redskins, the Bucks, and the Lions are the only four teams in the NFC that can't make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I said what I said about the I don't think the Cardinals can make the playoffs. I really don't. I, it, it, it would be less surprising than the other four teams I just named, though, because, because Kyler Murray could take the league by storm, and it could take six to eight weeks for the league to adjust if they're running this unorthodox offense, and they might be able to just steal their way to, you know, a 6-2 and two start and then trip on down, go 4-4 four and four down the stretch, get to 10 wins. I don't know. Again, anything in the league is possible. Yeah. And, and all the teams I just named, I, I think that even, even the Lions could make the playoffs. Even the Bucks could if it all went right and well, everything the else Bucks certainly could because they still got Jameis Winston who I'm not ready to close the book on yet and who Bruce Arians exactly that's what I'm saying if everything it's not only about what goes right for you it's about all the things that go wrong everywhere else yeah I mean if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and Matt Stafford doesn't the Lions are better uh, uh, that, yeah. I mean it's it's not that far away yeah 
Yeah. You know? Easy and and easy I, mean, I mean, honestly, though, that's why, like, when you really look at the NFC, the, the two teams I think you could only, that you could just check it off, they're not making the playoffs, are the Redskins and the Giants. Besides that, everybody's in the mix. Yeah. All right. It's two tell new one us. One two nine ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. Big Sky Conference Scholar Athlete Awards given out to uh, a male and female athlete from both Montana State and the University of Montana. We'll go through that and also maybe take a look around the Big Sky Conference do a preseason evaluation with Skyline Sports next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.